<laughs> oh, the one thing I was I forgot I was going to bring up at the end of the show, but then we started talking about balloons, was when you were talking about somebody was all jazzed up, and then it turned into like horned it up. I started thinking of the other teams. I was like, "What does that? What does that look like?" And I was like, "Well, you got like the you get you can get nicked up, you can get heated, heat you can get heated, you can get bulled up." Uh, I was trying. I was just kind of going through and seeing which ones sure. made sense and which didn't. Get thundered up. You can get bucked. Go get I don't know if you can get bucked up. I definitely get bucked up. I can try. Man, last night we were at the club and this dude was getting all raptored up. Get out of here, man. That sounds scary. He's getting grizzed. So if you're like pacered up, sounds like you're getting slathered with some sort of, you know, honey or. Something. Wait, uh, what? Why does that? Wait, I don't. I'm not following. No, I, I, pastered up feels like slathering. I don't know, like honey or mayo. <laughs> getting pastered up. Why does slathering involve only food? Mm. Okay, what else do you want it to involve? I mean, I don't say want that, it to involve anything. This is a choice of What else do you slather, Harper? Uh, you probably slather lotion on someone when you're giving them a massage or something. Lotion, okay. okay. That's where my mind yeah, went. It didn't go to mayo. <laughs> what What are the things that slather? I have to save it for him to Google like, Google's, buddy. I feel like, I feel bacon, like we're off topic I feel topic like you already. slather bacon on top of things. Mm. Mm, I, I think, I think I that's felt... an inappropriate use of the word. But yeah. I, mean, uh, I think slather's got to be... Everything's better with bacon, John. <laughs> Even the worst. But I feel like, yeah, I think this is this is nearing undegoogable territory. But I feel like slathering. You need to have a the consistency can't be like solid, right? Like, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, it depends on what kind of bacon you like. Do you like bacon? Crisp bacon? Solid? Yeah, exactly. It's like you, limp, you could get it at the bacon. the stage where it's like paper mache kind of, mm. or it's like half liquid, half solid kind of. Yeah. Thing. <laughs> Liquid bacon. I do, I do not like how you like bacon, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying I like it that way. I'm not saying I would stop cooking it when it's at that stage. Yeah. Yeah. All right, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> All right, liquid bacon on go. <laughs> that went through my notes. That's not, I don't feel good now. Thank you. <laughs> Just prepare to, uh, it'll be great. It'll be perfect. Y'all motherfuckers don't watch us play throughout the year, to tell you the truth. I'm gonna be real with you, and I don't care if I get fined. That train is off the track. I feel like you, you can't just like jump through Neptune and be okay. Just prepare to. What the show needs is more dogs and bears and chickens and stuff. Yeah, so uh, just prepare to uh, be a watch and unbeatable goodness.
Welcome, Pacers fans. You are listening to the Undebeatables, your semi-weekly Pacers podcast, and this is episode six twenty-eight, coming to you from Indianapolis, Indiana. I'm your host, Joey Gafrida, the man behind the dials, a former season ticket holder. This show, we've got a lot of stuff for you. We're going to discuss our abject panic around this Pacers team. We've got a mailbag for you, start of the week, and an undergoogleable. Joining me this show are all three of our analysts, coast to coast, like buttered toast. First, from the high school home of Jameson Brewer, Silver Spring, Maryland, it's the doctor, Jason Triplett. What is up, Pacers fans? What is up? Undebeatable shout out to Henry O'Hara, who's doing a fundraiser for his school. Uh, We'll put the link in the show notes, but basically you can go to a Pacers game. And if you buy tickets through this link, money will go to the school. So you're doing a double good no. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do all that. Shout out. Paces are fun. School Education's is... fun. I mean, no, all but right. it's important. Yes. Okay. <laughs> From Asheville, North Carolina, he's our in-house bartender mixing up the drinks and the crappy jingles, John Colson. What is up, Pacer Nation? What is up, Undebeatables? Shout out to Mark Boyle, um, the man who does the radio for uh, the Pacers, uh, who helped raise us uh, as Pacer fans. Uh, He's been doing this for so long that he just hit his 3,000th game. Uh, Just a reminder to... Uh, NBA fans, there's 82 games a season, so I don't even know how you do that. He has done an amazing job, and and, and I think he's getting the appropriate uh, love uh, right now as probably the best in the radio business. Um, he's done it for a long time, but he's also done it very, very well. I don't, I it's hard for me to separate him from uh, my Pacer love. So shout out Mark Boyle for three thousand radio calls on your pacers so it's a maximum of 36.58536 repeating it's weird they are repeating 58536 years seasons of pacers basketball so okay so i i don't think he's done it for 35.6 years i think we had some uh, playoff games maybe right right that's why i Probably said it's a maximum pre- yeah. it's a maximum yeah. maximum years right. yeah. yeah preseason and playoffs i'm sure all count but uh, yeah, yeah so it's sure. 30 somewhere 30 around plus 30 years. 30 plus years uh yeah. shout out shouts out many shouts out many three thousand shouts, shouts out so many shouts out the best in the biz from Boise, Idaho, out west, it's our enforcer, John Harper. What is going on, fellas? Uh, I'm going to shout out uh, Mark Boyle. Um, the first thing that happens when I Google Mark Boyle is the moneyless man, who is apparently an Irish writer best known for living without money from November of 2008 uh, until 2016. Whoa. That seems really How- hard. How does he do it? Uh, I mean, Bitcoin. <laughs> Bitcoin. 
the Mark Boyle I know uh, enjoys uh, a drink and a cigar. So I think those involve money. I mean, I, Mark, Mark may be, the other Mark may be brewing his own. Mm, he is nice. an Irish And writer. rolling his own. Potentially. <laughs> and I wanted to shout out the Lunar New Year, Shingen Kwila. What? Happy New Year. Forgot to shout it out last week. It is, it's the year of the rabbit. And uh, I learned something new today, which is that um, many Asian countries, you know, celebrate the the Lunar New Year. Uh, But um, Vietnam has a a slightly different, you know, there's there's the 12 uh, animals on the, on the, on the cycle. But, mm-hmm. but Vietnam has one that's different. And so for the rest of the, the countries that celebrated this year's year, the rabbit, but for the Vietnam, they have a cat instead of a rabbit. And the buffalo instead of the ox. Oh, is that? They're very similar. Uh, Did you know you can make a full sentence? Buffalo, 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 buffalo. Shout out to the end of Googleables. <laughs> <laughs> you should check out the other our our other podcast. Yeah. Wait. Oh. So, cat is not in the normal lineup. I guess not. No. Wow. Oh, boo. Yeah, boo. Also, uh, historically, uh, Joey, uh, normally when you shout out the new year, uh-huh. I do the sound of the animal. Yeah, um, you did that right. Is the, uh, yeah, no, I, I and I just want I just want all the listeners to know that I did the sound of the rabbit this year, yeah. whether yeah. you heard it or not. I just yep. I did it. Well, I think I think you should not be racist and also do the cat. Meow. There you go. Species. Now, and I mean, if anybody knows the sound of a rabbit, it's Colson, right? It's true. Yeah. I, yes. I did see you yeah, do the rabbit. rabbit. You know. The, yeah, the, no, I did. I wiggled thing. my nose a little bit. Yeah, 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 for sure. Like I bewitched some. Yeah, there's a there's a cut um, that our young listeners will get. Yep. Two <laughs> yeah. um, Darrens. Come on. Shut up. Shut up. Shout out to Delta. This is definitely her year. That's all I know. Yeah, I like it. Shout out Delta. Unless she goes to <laughs> Vietnam, where she might be outside of Vietnam, she might be eaten by cat. murdered by. Murdered by a cat. That's how that works, right? (laughs) Well, before we get any further into this show, we'd like to remind listeners that they can support us, the longest-running Pacers podcast, by heading over to Patreon. Based on this quality content. (laughs) Patreon.com slash Undebeatables to support us for as little as a dollar per month. Well, as I mentioned at the top of the show, there is uh, maybe a little high anxiety around this team right now. You know, I guess my my uh, my fear for the beginning of the year was that we were going to end up basically, you know, just out of the playoffs where we don't get the benefits of the playoffs and we also uh, don't get a good draft pick and we're in my mind kind of cruising that that path right now bullseye um, yeah 
Welcome um, with, to your with Halliburton. <laughs> you know, with Halliburton now, you know, it sort of exposes this team for you know what what they are without him and and how much that the team just relies on him so much. Um, and you know, a lot of teams where they maybe you know sit sit somebody or if they're injured, they the team maybe can still perform at a high level. You know, we, we've seen some, I guess most of the teams we've seen recently have either had an injured or resting star against us and they've played well. And we are not in that camp at the moment. So um, I think that there's some, there, there's some consternation on our side. Uh, Colson, I can't take my eyes off you right now because uh, – <laughs> I think that you know your camp over on your side has has been, um, you know, pretty vocal about this team recently. You know, what are your thoughts on on who this team is, where they're they're what's the plan right now? Uh, yeah, are, no. Are, are we down under or like you know, <laughs> <laughs> down under? I, I I think we're gonna hop right out of this. I, I think on some <laughs> level. Um, no, um, Joe, I, I'm, I'm with you. Um, I, I, before the season, I believed that we would be, you know, win around 30 games, which would get us out of the 25 range that was going to get us in women Yama. And then the season played out differently and it looked like we were going to, there was no way we were going to not win 40 games, which was going to put us at least in the play and, 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 uh, you know, maybe in a home court in a play-in. Um, this Halliburton uh, injury is creating real problems in all of this because losing seven games in a row is putting us behind the other bad teams that are aiming for that play-in. I thought uh, earlier in the season that we were a shoe-in for the, you know, six, seven, eight seed. And now I'm looking at it going, can we even get to the 10th seed? There are teams that are going to lose more than us for sure. This is kind of the worst case scenario, which is what you've been worried about all season. Um, If Halliburton comes back healthy soon uh, and we don't trade uh, Heald or Turner, this team can turn this around uh, quickly. Uh, But if this continues uh, seven game slides on on any nba team is not a thing that you can recover from really quickly or easily i mean it's just you know that's it's it's almost 10 percent of your season so um yes i am panicking and i think we're going to be in that weird in between where we're maybe the 10th seed and just get you know blown out in a game by I don't know Atlanta or something. This is gonna suck. I'm 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 upset. I'm upset, Joe. So weirdly, if in any season a seven game slide uh, couldn't change your fortunes that much, I think that is the case with this Pacers team. I think before this seven game slide, our ceiling in the Eastern Conference was the sixth seed. I don't think we were getting above the fifth seed, and so that mean that means that probabilistically we're in the play in right? Somewhere between seven and 10. And I think that's still the case with this team. I think if Halliburton comes back after a week, 
another week, even if we, I mean, I guess it will really suck if we lose all four. We could lose four or five more. But, um, but the teams below us, like I think that in the Eastern Conference, weirdly, the bottom five teams are almost locked in. Like you have uh, Orlando, Detroit, uh, who else Charlotte. is down now? Charlotte, Washington, and weirdly, Toronto is just yeah. a mess of a, a team this year and probably going to be sellers at the deadline. So I don't think we're going to fall out of the play-in personally unless something unless Halliburton gets injured again or or somebody Toronto else makes major goes. trade <laughs> right exactly which in that case at least we're back in the lottery right i mean the nice thing about this season i guess is anywhere you go it's kind of found money at some level right like so if we stay in the playing game let's say uh we end up in the 10th seed that would be hard, right? We'd have to win two games on the road to get into the playoffs. But I've been enamored enough with this team, especially with Halliburton at the helm, that I'd go into those games with hope, you know, that we could make it happen. I mean, let's be the New Orleans Pelicans of last year, right? Didn't sure. they do that? Yeah, well I, well, I think they were the ninth, but... Well, still, they won yeah, two games and got in yeah, and made went, some noise. Got... and Yeah, yeah, and, and like, yeah, I mean... Am I really afraid of Chicago or Atlanta? Nah, screw those teams. Yeah, I, I wouldn't write those teams off. It's a lot of <laughs> it's a lot of basketball left to be played. Um, I mean, for my part, I was um, this time last year. I didn't have a stacking this year. I mean, even going into the off season last season, I didn't have a stacking. It wasn't until you know, really right before the season that I was convinced that it was tank time. Um, and ultimately, I embraced that. And so I knew this season was going to be a little bit rough. The start that we got off to was phenomenal. And, yeah, that's definitely... I mean, that, that, that shows a lot about what we can be with Halliburton at the helm. And that's super useful. It's also super useful at this point in the season to really throw down, you know, some markers and measure where we are without them. The trade deadline is quickly approaching, and we need to know exactly what we've got on our hands. Um, And so certainly you don't want Halliburton to be injured, but the timing of it is not the worst thing. What happens in the next week, not only for the Pacers, but for a lot of teams around the league, is going to be very interesting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm fine either way. Like I'm just I'm not panicking because you know I had our ceiling at 42, and you know that that was going to end up being no man's land, right? It was going to be a fun season because it's a fun team. And we'll probably end up somewhere in that same sort of area based upon previous successes unless we shut down Halliburton, which I don't think that we'll do. No, I don't think we will either. I mean, I, I do. I, yeah, I agree with you. It's We're somewhere between 35 and 42 wins, you know, uh, as long as Halliburton comes back in a decent you know, amount of time. Yeah. Of the seasons that we've been in no man's land, this is the least depressing yeah right 100 this is an yeah. upward trajectory version of the uh the no man's land if two years from now we're having this conversation again then that's real panic time. that that will have been a failure right exactly <laughs> and i you know i'm hopeful that you know matherin will come along and you know be a great player i mean because halberton's been so very good it's hard to imagine that you know he gets 
exponentially better, right? Like he'll get incrementally better, but mm. he's made his big jump, right? I mean, there's right. just there's not a lot of territory above where he's playing right now. Without, I mean, there is like purely is... Hall of Fame territory. So I'm not right. Exactly. Right. I mean, that's how well he's played this year. Exactly. Sure. But I, you know, and, and I hope that he achieves that. But it's unreasonable for me to assume that he will sure. continue on this growth trajectory. I have to look to the team that we build around him to get us exponentially better and not incrementally better. And while I think Matherin has a very high ceiling, I wonder about these other guys. So, you know, again, I'm looking at the trade deadline and wondering, you know, we've got a bunch of guys who are on everybody's watch list, right? I think a lot of people are going to be surprised if we're not sellers at the trade deadline. I mean, yeah, look, uh, I think Nimhard looks like a guy who knows how to play point guard. Uh, Smith, uh, we picked up all the trash sheep from Boston and, he looks like a real NBA player. Um, you know, Jalen Smith and Isaiah Jackson are bigs that have potential. They're both like 21, 22, um, and bigs take longer. There, there's a lot of talent on this team. I think they could be turned into something, but also we could kind of sit on it and say they'll grow under Carlisle. I mean, I, you know, I mean do you see them I, being something I, I, I more than role I'm, players? Are any of those people going to be more than rotational well, role players? Well, okay. Well, okay. I, I guess I, I think that some of them could grow into rotational players and not role players, if that makes sense. Uh-huh. Like, I think they could be key cogs. Um, you know, I think of... Um, I feel like Neesmith is um, maybe a diamond in the rough that actually has real basketball talent. He... He's shown real flashes, and I wonder if he could be, a, you know, a guy, I mean, a sixth or seventh man. Um, I wonder if, you know, Neemhard has real point guard skills. I wonder if he could be a, a backup point guard on a, on a championship team. He's definitely you know, not I mean, a starter, right? I mean, these no, guys aren't no, starters on teams no, that went championship. No, but but all, when, you, when you look at your roster, you don't, you know, you're looking at saying, hey, look, some of these guys are going to be starters, some of these guys are going to be role players, some of these guys are going to be trade fodder. And I think some of these guys have a chance to be in a rotation with us moving forward on a talented team, for sure. But I, again, I just, for me, it can't be, we're building a team to be mediocre. We need a team to go and compete for a championship. Which of these guys is going to do that, right? And yeah, if that's not immediately clear, we need to clean out the house. Yeah, well, I, mean, I, I, I agree. I mean, I agree with you that, like, you know, there are teams, there are, you know, rebuilding teams right now. Like, for example, like the Thunder or, you know, the Rockets who go. I mean, the okay, Thunder have the crazy three, talent because they tanked for the, five years. Right. And these are the three or five guys that we're going to move forward with because that's it. And then everything else is movable. And I think we have more options to move. But I think on some level, you know. I think the talent on this team is something that's winning us games. It was winning us games until Hal Burton went down. Um, I think these guys can be productive on a good team. Yeah, um, but I think that like the only guy that you project forward 
outside of Halliburton, to be an all-star is Mather at yep. this point, right? And we know from NBA history that if you're going to win a championship or be competitive for a championship, you need you needed all-stars two. or at least fringe all-star yeah. type guys on your You now team, probably right? need three. Unless you have like a, you know, LeBron James in his youth carrying a Cavs team with Booby Gibson to the finals, right? Like that's more the exception than the rule. But but right? then he also took that and changed everything by creating a super team, right? I mean, he's part of the right. reason why we can't do that no more. Right. So, I mean, I agree with you, Colson, that I think a lot of these guys are going to be rotational NBA guys for a while. Um, but the, the, so the downside, Joe, to get back to Joey's concern, right? You know, so let's project four years out and Halliburton and Mather and our all-stars. I think we still need one more guy that's knocking on the door of all-star or doing something relatively elite. And I know what you're going to say. You're going to say maybe that's Miles Turner. Uh-uh. but it, And it may be. But I think that the, the, the missed opportunity here is that getting a, a higher draft pick in this what people are saying is a relatively deep draft is may come maybe something that we brew miles turner is making me panic this week well i'm just afraid we're gonna throw 40 million dollars at the guy and he's gonna revert to what he was two years ago and yeah now my team no i get all that and and harper i think the thing that you said uh, at the beginning of the season is and 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 jason you just reminded me of is that you know we're going to rue not tanking this season because this is you know this is a generational talent draft and if we don't get women yamba or scoot dubs or whatever um scoot that, dubs that, is going to be on the board when we get <laughs> yeah i mean i think he'll, <laughs> plus we already got him he goes for the minimum yeah, we're good. um but no, I mean, I, I, I think on some level, like, we're not going to get the talent in this draft, even if we're in the... I mean, look, we can continue to fill our roster with mid-tier guys all day, and it's about the development that we create on our on our team with our coaching staff. And it, it seems to be, at least based on this season, one of the best coaching staffs in the league. Like, I feel like they've exceeded expectations we're doing a lot of I mean, great those expectations were that we were going to openly tank i feel like um these guys have shown real progress i feel like they've shown development and and this is a good it's a good sign we're not going to be able to get that third guy in this draft i mean drafts drafts are crapshoots so trade right. for that guy so you do, so i guess i would say the answer is you don't know that I right. don't know because it's a crapshoot. Right. So it could be that we get that guy no, in this draft. No, I, it I don't. Most likely will be a project, right? Because <laughs> it'll be somebody that has missed out on things. And, you know, historically, this team has done a good job drafting in the mid teens. Very right? good. Like Danny Granger came out of the mid teens. Paul George came out of the mid teens. Roy Hibbert Miles came Turner. out of the mid teens. Miles Turner, right? Like, so, you know, and, and, you know, everybody points to Giannis as like the one that got away, right? He went fifteenth or something like that. And Jokic was seven. a second round pick, right? Like, yeah. 
and he's now on track to be a three-time MVP, the first one since Larry Bird in the early 80s, right? So, I mean, it's not likely that guys like that get missed (laughs) again, but you never know, right? So, and either way, it's a that would be a project, right? It took many years for Jokic to become Jokic, so. But I'm, but yeah, I mean, I guess from a probabilistic standpoint, you would rather have a chance to draft your guy earlier if you truly believe in your your draft scouting capabilities. Yeah, right? I mean, has this moved the needle at all for you, Colson, on like the Miles Turner question, like? You know, your, your argument earlier in the year was that we can't trade him because he's all our wins. I, I, I mean, it's clear that he's definitely not all our wins after this week. I mean, he helps well, when the rest of the team's out there. I guess when Halliburton's out there. But he's not a number two guy that can go out there and win you games. No, I and, I, and that was a really good point, and I agree with that. Like, he's not a guy, he's not a franchise guy who can go and win you games. He's just not that person. He scored 30 points and had 12 rebounds and... You know, whatever. Yeah. And poor TJ, Early, man. I hate wasting that effort from him, too, man. That right. Yeah, exactly. That and he sucks. also had, like, a game earlier in the week where he had, like, you know, seven points, seven rebounds, and you're like, dude, this guy sucks. And they had, like, six blocks, and you're like, okay, he's doing stuff. But, like, I mean, I, I just... He's on nobody's <laughs> DPOY list this year. You know what I mean? He's not. And it's a contract. But I, I do feel like he is a serviceable, useful player piece Agreed. on a good team absolutely agree. now if 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 you can go get real value from him in a trade that's what this franchise is looking at i agree with you harper that if we pay him 40 million dollars we'll regret it but as the way the market moves up if we pay him 36 or 37 he's really useful I, I still believe that. I mean, he runs our defense, and yeah, he can't win a game by himself. <laughs> and our, also, like, our defense isn't very good. <laughs> it's yeah. not very good, but but without him, when he missed those games, we were it was it was un it was not fun to watch when he was not there. Honestly, um, people were just getting layups, and it was like it was like practice. I mean, and it's so, going to take somebody to. You know, Trav, you'll remember early on in Miles Turner's career, it was not always fun to watch. There were a lot of missed assignments. Sometimes he fell down. But, but <laughs> yeah, I, he did a lot of that. Rarely. Yeah, yeah, he did a lot of that. But the in thing the is, he doesn't do that now. And, and, and like the thing is, and, and I guess my point is, is the evolution of our backcourt could use a veteran center. And I'm, I'm, Fair I point. don't. There's there's no reason to get rid of him if if he's not the answer as the third piece to a championship team that's fine but he is the answer to a playoff team with a developing backcourt yeah and if you trade him away for sure. you know not the right prospects or not the right draft picks I think that's that's wasted I agree and, and that's and in my I'm mind. not saying trade him for nothing certainly not my point never ha- never has been. Uh, and, and, and it was never even my argument to trade him to get worse because I didn't I didn't think that that like I just that was my that was my I, argument. I, I just you, you, you mixed that up. You, yeah, that you were putting more eggs in that particular basket than I was, right? <laughs> I mean, we've got plenty of ways to to lose with or without Miles Turner on the team. I mean, look at the past two weeks, right? Um, but but my concern is that because of the situation he finds himself in, and because of what he imagines his value to be, he's going to be driving a bargain that. You know, I, I just I don't know if it's going to be worth it to our franchise. 
I agree with you that those arguments make a lot of sense in a small market. And, you know, my concern is that we might bite off more than we could chew here um, because of the specifics of it. Well, there's a number. There's a number, and they've decided the number, and that's why this has not been done already. It's not right? done. Miles Turner is asking for a number they're not willing to put up. So I trust my franchise to say there's a number that I'm willing to pay. Maybe. And I don't know what that number is. My, my heart, my my gut says it's 37, and I'm guessing Isn't he's Isn't that the max for, for him next year? Oh, yeah. Well, it is if if you do it based on what's going on. But if he becomes a free agent, he can ask for the moon. I don't know what the moon is, but it, there's a larger number. What we right. can offer him is 37, and I think we've offered him that. And I, I, think I don't he's think we've rejected. offered him that. Okay. And I don't, I don't think, think so we're either. going to offer him that. I think that would be we, but we offered eight and thirty three, and we're just saying to him, "You're not worth eight and snubber." Yeah, we're saying that. Okay, all right, fair enough. Anyway, well, I mean, maybe we uh, offered him eight and snubber. We probably did offer him eight and snubber, right? But yeah. we're just not offering him more than eight and snubber. Okay, all right, and and then, but and if yeah, he's asking for that, more than that, I think more. it's easy to be like, "Hey, bud, let's look at the numbers." Go out and free agency and figure that out. I think that would be a disaster for him. Um, and his agent, if he uh, goes out and free agent, tries to ask money. for more I don't know, than 33. Will it, it, it's, it's not going to be playing for the L.A. Lakers. You know what I mean? It's not going to be playing for... They can't afford it. Golden State Warriors. There are Warriors. a lot of teams that can pay him that. I mean, that's the thing, yeah. right? It's not going to be a contender that pays him that money. Well, we'll know our answer soon enough. I mean, the trade deadline is February 9th, so... if So that's, uh, what I is mean, that, two weeks? I would two, I would uh, think if the Pacers haven't come up come to an agreement... <laughs> on a number and an extension before the fifth or something like that, that it's he's you have like, you can't not, trade you have him. to trade him. You, you can't, can't not trade. trade. You have to get assets back. Like that's just, it would it be a dereliction of duty to not do it. Even if yeah. the package isn't great. I mean, but the thing is, is like I said, he is the third piece on a playoff team. He yeah. But that's, but that's not what we're trying to do here. Right. Like, what we're trying to do is find a third piece of a championship team, right? Because I think we have two. I think we would all agree on this podcast that we have two that are getting us on the way. And and also who wants to be here (laughs) enough to maybe not make an extra million dollars. I mean, he doesn't, you know, a million dollars is objectively a lot of money. But he doesn't need that. So if he doesn't want to play, time to go. I don't know. I'm rooting for him. I'm rooting for this team to figure it out. I think this team needs um, a big uh, athletic wing. He's the longest tenure yeah. pacer. I'm rooting for him. This, He's this awesome. This team needs a lot of stuff, Yeah, as we saw over the past. <laughs> yeah, that's also you can true. do both. I mean, yeah. you can root for him and, I mean, like, yeah, you got to take care of your business because if, if he walks, then, yeah, it's, it's dereliction of duty and – you know, it's a it's a big hit to the pocketbook. You know, and the sort of value that the team has to use the, the assets they have if if he walks. So I mean, maybe we're know. playing like the long Mark Jackson con, right? We'll like we'll trade him, we'll get the draft picks, and then in free agency, we'll just sign yeah. him right yeah. back. Trade yeah. him yeah. back. Yeah. 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 I like this. Yeah, that's, that's the old do Donnie Walsh move. Yeah, I like it. Let's let's bring it back. Well, and you know, the, you remember. This is a different scenario, but when Lance 
you know, it all always comes back to Lance, but when he left initially, you know, it was over not that much money, relatively speaking. And, you know, his career was not the same mm-hmm. after he left. And I guess what I'm saying is, Miles, just take take the money. Let's, <laughs> let's move on, man. Yeah, no, I, 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 I'm not sure that there are that many teams out there that aren't going to put him, you know, in the corner to shoot threes. Like, we're right now, Halliburton is making his life easy, and he's in the dunking spot, and we're allowing him to block shots. And I I think his life gets harder on other teams. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Sign up, buddy. Yeah. You know, I think we've 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 had a pretty good discussion about this. I do want to move on to we can of course work some of these the fears into the the next segment here. But I think we should take uh, I think we should take a quick break and we'll come back in the in the second half here uh, with you know new segments to to uh, um, show the different ways that we're fearful for this team. That sounds good to you guys. Sounds great. First thing I wanted to get with you on after the break is uh, my stat of the week. Joey, stat of the week. This this week I found a story uh, about a, a school in, in Massachusetts, the Manichaug Regional High School. Have, um, about oh, let's say ten years ago, they got a, a green lighting system in, in, installed and it's a, it's a it's a good thing you know it helps uh, you know shut the lights off and and uh, you know saves energy saves money and it's been great except it, it was great until it wasn't and in, uh, in 2021 in august 
the software broke and the way it broke was that it kept all the lights on at all times and there was no way to undo that mm. and so they have been running 24 7 365 since august of 2021 very efficient all the lights all the time and the uh, the the uh, the bills are piling up, and it's just coming out of taxpayers' pockets. Unfortunately, mm. Mm. the uh, the 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 issue, of course, besides the bad design of the system, where the failsafe is that that it's it's on twenty four seven. Turn it up to hundred. The problem. Yeah. <laughs> the problem specifically is that the the company that wrote the software that runs the system has been sold several times. And now the company that that owns the assets for that has no idea how to get it into that system, and there's nothing they can do. They can't even they can't even access the system to do anything about it because all that information is uh, buried. You know, it's it's not available to the people that own it. Uh, so, yes, sir. So, quick question: Can can uh-huh. can we go study their security features? Because every other company. In the nation has been hacked three times since we started this podcast. <laughs> True. That's uh, it's it's a good point. And, and, and some of the comments I was reading on this article were just like, can't they like offer extra credit for the like the, you know, the computer club to to try to like, <laughs> yeah right you know, break right. this thing open. <laughs> and so, so the the plan is that they are going to replace this system. But because of the you know the the uh, uh, supply chain issues, all of the all the parts have been delayed, and it's been you know delay after delay after mm-hmm. delay, and the new expectation is not until it, it, February at the earliest. But uh, Joey, it's you not. told me the supply chain issue is the reason I didn't have the um, the daffodils you sent me for our tenth anniversary. Yep, same problem. Okay. Yep. They 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 grow the 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 CPUs and the daffodils all come from the same factory. So. Yep. <laughs> so, shout out to the Minichog High School. Uh they did say some of the, like teachers have just uh, some of the staff have just they've sort of revert done some reverse engineering to figure out which um which uh, breakers go to non-critical systems, mm. and at the end of the day, they just manually turn those sure. off. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, Shout and, out teachers. And, and then the other thing too is like when, you know, like when they want to show a movie in the class, like it's just they they are now like un, you know, unscrewing light bulbs by hand so they can you know darken mm. the rooms when they want to. So. Shout wow. out Minichog. Perfect. High school. The mailbag. All right. We want to get back to talking about the Pacers here, and we have a mailbag. got this in um, a little bit ago, uh, and I wanted to bring this one up. This one's from longtime listener, DJ Yakabuchi, who, if I remember correctly, may be a long-lost cousin of mine. (laughs) Shout out. Shout out. So, I'll read this one here. This show says, Hello, Unbeatables. I know it's been a while, but I wanted to shout you guys out for continuing the podcast. And the last time you'd written in, he says, You know, he's about two years ahead of the Sabonis trade. 
to reference episode 436, where he suggested that maybe selling Sabonis high instead of Turner low. Did, did he think we were going to get a return of Halliburton and Heald? Most definitely not. Uh, but not going to complain. Most of the opinions of the trade on this podcast at the time were still hard to comprehend as Sabonis was our best statistical pacer in a long time, or arguably ever. With that being said, we are about halfway through this magical season with Turner and Heald playing their best statistical basketball possibly ever. This may be an obvious question since Halliburton is playing out of his mind, but do you feel your opinion of the trade may have changed from your most, uh, from most of your initial thoughts when the Sabonis and Halliburton trade went down? Joe, um, yeah, I, w- I went back and listened to episode uh, four thirty six. Okay. Um, and and my review of that show is that all of us uh, enjoyed the thought experiment, but all of us to a man thought trading Sabonis was bad, as he was um, crucial to what we were doing. Um, and we thought that maybe um, if we could get a um, a small ball four to put next to him, um, I think I think that even the um, the mailbag suggests that trading uh, Turner at his low point uh, wouldn't get us a return we needed. Uh, because at that point, Turner was just basically sitting in the corner and shooting threes, and he was miserable and, and whatnot. If we could get a productive small ball four uh, and and fully embrace small ball, um, around Sabonis would be the idea in not trading him uh, because Sabonis was our best player. So that was what we came out of uh, from that first suggestion in the episode 436. I then went back and listened to the episode where we traded Sabonis for Halliburton. Um, and honestly, outside of Harper, Harper was saying we've just traded away the best pacer uh, potentially ever. Um, yep, sure did. Yep. And the rest <laughs> of us were kind of a little bit more ready for you know, a change. Uh, we, we had realized that uh, particularly me, uh, I'll, just, I'll, just, I'll just say it. I'll just, I'll, I'll take this. Um, I was really concerned about Sabonis's defense and I felt like you couldn't, um, have him be, uh, the cog of a title contender when he just kind of let people score on him at all times, even though he was the hub of the offense. Um, he was first in his class at the Harden school of defense. <laughs> we it, um it was Lesson it was a problem stopping. <laughs> and, and, that, and that i was by the time by the time uh the trade had happened i was kind of ready for it to happen but in general we had softened to the trade by the time it happened um outside of harper no my, I, well you listen to it my my recollection yeah at least from my perspective, is that we were relatively excited about this. Yeah. <clears throat> I think that the, we no, had no well, well, idea yeah, I, that I, we I don't would know get a, yeah. a, a talent like Halliburton. And when yeah. we did, it was like, oh, 
okay. I I didn't know Halliburton was on the table. Like, yeah, I guess well, I was trying to do it from the Sabonis side. Yes, sure. We had yeah. softened to the idea of trading Hallib- or, or, or trading Sabonis because we were getting sure. uh, a talent, which we we actually none of us really knew what that looked like. We just knew that he was coveted, so we right. were excited. I think all of us were excited, but we had sort of at that point softened to the idea of trading Sabonis. So so at episode, you know. 436 we were like this is a stupid idea but by the time he was traded a year later we had you know we were more amenable to it i suppose we were ready for to blow anything up yeah i mean i feel like the issue i i I don't remember 436 as well but i remember after the trade and like my proviso was always there's something that i don't understand here in terms of leadership right um Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. What Halliburton has shown on this team has, you know, dispelled whatever concerns I might have had. If you want to, if you want to look at their numbers side by side, frankly, Sabonis is still better. <laughs> I mean, he is sure. that good. No doubt. And his team is twenty six nineteen and third in the Western Conference. I mean, there's right. plenty of reasons to really like Sabonis. He's a hell of a ball player, and I really like the guy. But you know, it's hard to quibble with this trade at all. What we got in return. Uh, was super duper valuable and you know the fact that we got buddy healed in there too and have got you know a a year and a half of some really fun basketball out of him um yeah i don't know yeah it's a heck of a trade uh so i mean the needle has definitely moved for me i don't i still don't and probably never really know what was going on behind the scenes that we just didn't trust his leadership like at all ever um but yeah Right. We addressed it. So you're right, but yeah, his success in Sacramento this season really makes you wonder. Like, what if what if we had gone the other way and mm-hmm. traded Turner away or whatever else was going? Like, clearly, Sabonis and Brogdon didn't jibe very well. I don't think. Yeah, Brogdon gone um, too, because he's clearly thriving with De'Aaron Fox. Right, like he's unlocked De'Aaron. Darren Fox, um, you know, and you surround those two guys with shooters, and all of a sudden, exactly, you have the the third best team in the West at this point, right? Which mm-hmm. I don't think anybody saw for the Kings this year. So, I mean, I even mean, if I I'd have seen is... it, I'd have been afraid to predict it because they're the Kings, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but I mean, Sabonis was unlocking shooters for us. I mean, like he was doing that, right? Like, uh, you know, you think about. Uh, the 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 kind of um, relationship he had with uh, McBuckets or you know uh, T.J. McConnell like he sets good screens he has he's great great passing I mean, he's um, a brilliant basketball role. player yeah, yeah he, he's he's great I mean th- there were guys that he super vibed with uh, with this team um, with our old team I, I I guess I mean to say but I um. Is this one of those trades where you just look back and go, "This is better for both teams"? Like, yeah, I think this is a. He just needed, what's super he cool about it is Sabotis it's a win-win. Deer and Fox right? and and Halliburton. We needed a point guard leader. And and yeah, I mean a they, younger, they had a, we need to get younger too. They had a glut in the backcourt, and we had a glut in the frontcourt, and somehow we made it happen. And yeah, I think both teams are happy with the trade, and you know, yeah. I think that's that's the cool thing about it is we made both teams better in a way 
right? Like, obviously the Kings are better, better this year. Yeah. But, but I think our trajectory is much more palatable right. than it was a year ago, right? But prior to the Sabonis trade. Um. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, it. But yeah. So. Uh, TJ Yakabuki was yeah probably right, <laughs> and saw something way before we did, which was. You know, the movable piece here is uh, Sabonis. I will come back to this point that it was a uh, a failure, uh, a derelict of duty to bring harken back a phrase from the first half of this podcast that we were in that situation in the first place, right? That we went through a Nate Bjorkman situation, right? And that right. we cobbled together a roster that, of dudes that probably yeah, didn't like each other yeah. and really didn't mesh together very well. And and then hired a coach that get, didn't get along with our point guard or our best player, like or that's anyone just, maybe. Yeah, I yeah. mean, uh, yeah. apparently just yeah, yelled at uh, all his coaching staff that he. Oh no, 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 I was I was talking about Carlisle at that point. Like, ah, so oh 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 okay okay sorry. <clears throat> so it seemed like yeah, obvi- I mean obviously Bjorkren is just a mess. Changed his tune on so Bjorkren. Only, only no, that was yeah. the era that this was happening when we were talking about trading Sabonis. Like that was Bjorkren, right? Right. Right. But I'm saying, and then they brought in Carlisle, who, Car- I mean, I've liked Carlisle. He's curmudgeonly. He's <laughs> But he didn't seem to jibe with the compliments of players that we had. Mm-hmm. And so one could argue that that was also <laughs> a, a fireable offense. Like, mm-hmm. so, you know, we were talking earlier about having confidence in, in the front office to make the right decision vis-a-vis miles turner i don't know that i have that confidence guys honestly i don't Mm -hmm. like i don't think this should be our front office because they've committed multiple fireable offenses yeah i mean the thing about them is the thing the, the part of their job that involves headlines namely trade execution and you know drafting has been excellent right sure um But their strat planning is just trash, right? Like, F. (laughs) Like, every time they make a strategic planning move, it doesn't seem to look more than six months down the road. And, you know, because they're so good at these other aspects of it, you know, we're holding it together. They're really good at, like, pulling themselves out of a hole. But then also digging the hole. Yeah. And so <laughs> yeah. they dig their they dig the hole that they have to pull themselves out of. Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And then we're like, good job, guys. Yeah. Got out of the hole. God, we're well great done. climbers. Look at us. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So did we learn anything? I mean I guess I guess basically what we're saying is that um uh who was the the gentleman that, that uh wrote in? DJ? Uh, DJ Yakabuchi. Yakabuchi. Um was ahead of us on this, but I think that we all kind of, again, we loved Sabonis. We thought it was a great talent. And then by the time the trade happened, we were ready for it. And it's all kind of worked out. So I think we're right the whole time. We win. Perfect. But uh, thank you, Yakabuchi, for being ahead of us. And, and, we and most importantly, make... we're humble about it too. Exactly, so, yeah. Yeah. we're humble the about being right. You, you, all no, no, the time, no, no. Every time. no. The, the, the yeah. most amazing thing about us is that we're humble. Uh, exactly, yeah, I'm the most humble. <laughs> <laughs> did I did I tell you guys that my nephew got uh, got a humility award from his school? Mm. 
What? What does that yeah, even exactly. mean? Yeah, exactly. And so, so his his grandfather just gives him shit about it all the time. Just like, what the hell? You get you don't get awards for humility. Like what? This doesn't make any it's sense. Immediately go into your head. What is happening? <laughs> how like how old is, is like is twelve you know? or something? Yeah. Oh okay. my god! Why are we giving twelve year olds awards? By the way. We've been giving twelve-year-olds awards right. for the past twenty. The years. The question is, why do we give adults awards? Not why we give kids well, awards. Excellent. <laughs> good point. Good point. Why does anyone get awards? Um, I've I've told you this story probably on air before, but um, I was um, um, I was on uh, I played baseball when I was a kid and I hated it. I was miserable. I was always in in left field and uh, um, they they. That's where they hide the bad players. You know yeah, that. Right? That's exactly what they do. Right field, and right field, I, right field, whatever, whatever field they hide you in, I was in that. Yeah, it's right field. And then I had a growth spurt, and so they put me at uh, shortstop. Um, and we had a good team my my last year, and uh, we had always lost everything. And then uh, that last year that I played, uh, we won the uh, championship, and uh, that was the first year that they gave out awards to every team. So I never got an award for all the years that my team lost. And then the year we won the championship, every team got the same trophy. And I realized that um, effort means nothing, and it's not worth a goddamn. And, uh, um, yeah. I, I feel yeah, like you, you just you just summarized our podcast. So that's great. <laughs> you didn't even win best, best growth spurt? <laughs> Uh, no, we won the championship in the playoffs, and we all got the same freaking trip. The Blue Buffaloes, by the way, at the uh, uh, Baptist Church on um, 79th and College. Shout out. Oh. Shout out, Blue Buffaloes. Shout out, Blue Buffaloes. I'm, so co- I'm a little concerned that you're so tied to the hardware. Who cares about the hardware you won, dog? Yeah, right. Yeah, no, you I'm were the sure. starting you know shortstop. I was the that. shortstop. I was. I was. Uh, yeah, no, I, 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 I don't know. Kind of weirded out anymore. that your coach was like, "Oh, this guy went through a growth spurt and put you at shortstop instead of first base." I don't yeah. understand. Well, no, no, I don't know I'll, a lot I'll about baseball. No, I'll, yeah. tell, I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Uh, his son was first base. Oh, okay, gotcha. Okay, yeah. Yeah. that makes. It's like Colson's not fast, but he's big. He, he's long. It's a high probability that ball's <laughs> going to hit him. I don't trust him to catch way. a fly ball. But He'll stop it but with he his can hand. Throw on a pot. I'm putting him at shortstop. On a grounder. He'll just throw <laughs> a body on a grounder. That's, that's he's big enough that there's a probability it'll hit him. That's exactly what the strategy will, was. It will hit his body, and then it, it maybe the third worked. baseman will pick then up. Then it's a single not... and not a double. Then we did. <laughs> it's not... Also, I was terrible offensively, but uh, that's a different story. <laughs> Andrew complaining about how you didn't get more awards. I didn't get a trophy for that. You just told you me you were get a terrible. <laughs> I was terrible, but I was on a good team. You know, the thing is, sports is a it's a team sport, Harper. Mm. Mm-hmm. Basketball is a team sport. You know, you got to work together to win a chip. Well, I think it's time to end the show. I think that uh, we've hit our limit. And I want to appreciate uh, everybody who's been hanging out with us. Thanks for, for coming along for the ride. Thanks for writing in for the mailbag, DJ. And uh, 
I, no, I, I love I love the mailbag uh, question that asks about a previous mailbag. Mm-hmm. It's super meta. It is. Which well, it's, it's a it's a it's an ongoing yeah, it's conversation. An ongoing conversation. I love it. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Since we're so disjointed about everything that we do, we need our listeners. Yeah. <laughs> to produce a through line. Appreciate appreciate the work on that. And Colson, I'm I'm proud of you for going back and listening to the the old episodes to uh, prepare your your arguments. I'll have your award in the mail shortly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I'll bet you're ten ten. <laughs> It'll be pretty cool though. Like a just a big metal X. Does, does sound badass. I like it. Yeah. But you can find us on Twitter. We are at undebeatables. We're on Facebook.com slash the undebeatables. Our website is the undebeatables.com and like DJ did, you can use it to send us a message through there. We got a contact form, and you can send us an email. Shout out at theunbeatables.com, and we got uh, on the website slash store. We have a small T-shirt ready to for, get sold for the architect Donnie Walsh and our once and always Hall of Fame coach Bobby Six Hundred. Turn out the light. The party's over. Oh, God. Why do we not have a band name? Liquid Bacon. Jason, you you have a band. We've, we've you can write the wrong, so Jason. Many suggestions. Right. We've given you so many suggestions. But liquid bacon is the right answer. (laughs) 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 Write it down right now. We recorded it for posterity. Yeah, (laughs) you don't listen to this, so you won't remember. But you should. You should exactly.